Welcome to Making Stacy and Ashley, a podcast where we explore topics big and small that make up this beautiful thing called life. I'm Stacy, chef, mom, and encourager of people. And I'm Ashley, a visual artist and lover of books that hopes to inspire people to add some creativity to their lives. Welcome to another episode of Making Stacy and Ashley. We are now at episode eight, Making Space, What's Cluttering You? Stacey, before we get started talking about clutter, what have you been making this week? I haven't made very much this week, but I'm very excited for the weekend. Um, getting back into comfort foods, preparing for fall. Sunday dinner has always been my favorite. So this weekend, I'm going to make oxtail soup. Oxtail oh my soup goodness. Soup. And I'm going to add um, cow feet or cow heel mm-hmm. and tripe. Um, I did it once before a little while ago and was madly in love with it. <laughs> so I'm very excited. So that's what I'm going to be making this weekend. What about you? That sounds wonderful. That's so I, I don't eat meat anymore other than fish, but I I did in the past and I know dishes like that very well. And I loved them when I did eat them. So um, I'm very jealous of anybody who gets to taste that's it. That's very Southern, right? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Southern. And then, of course, any island um, cultures, um, Caribbean oxtails and things like that. So love it. (laughs) What are you doing? I am making time for a nap (laughs) (laughs) later today. I had a very busy week at work. We have a lot of projects going on and I love it all, but I've put a lot of energy into it. And I'm feeling drained. And there's still so much more that I need to do, want to do. And so I need to make time to recharge. So I think later on today, I'm going to curl up with a good book under the AC and just nap slash read slash nap just in and out like that with my pup Comet. He loves snuggling when I do that with me. So we're going to have a nice relaxing day. That sounds like the perfect day. Yeah. It does. (laughs) All right. You ready to get into the topic? Let's do it. Stacy, what is clutter? Oh boy. I would say that clutter is an out of control, messy state of our things. Everything that's in our environment, that's not uh, organized or in a space or in a way that we feel comfortable living with it to me would be clutter. What about you? Clutter for me is anything that gets in the way of you being able to live your life the way you want to. Um, For some people, like a messy desk is fine because it doesn't impact their work. I think of there's a famous picture of Einstein at his desk and his desk is just covered in stuff Mm. everywhere. But look at what a genius he was. Um, So obviously it didn't impact his work. But for others, they think of a desk piled in papers and they think that they can't function with that visually in their space. So they need a more minimal space to do what they want to do. Right. Right. Definitely. I would hyperventilate just thinking about that type of situation. Yeah. Do you think that there's a spectrum of clutter? And if there is, how do we know where we are on that spectrum? 
Um, everyone has their own opinion of what clutter looks like for them. So I definitely think there's a spectrum. So you need to ask yourself whether you're comfortable with what you have, whether it's distracting to you, um, whether you feel like you'd be able to welcome people into your space if you wanted to, and if the clutter feels like a burden. And I also think that clutter could cause mental clutter. One manifests the other. So if you have a lot of physical clutter, you might have also a lot of mental clutter, like you can't think straight. Or if you have a lot of mental clutter, you may find that your space suddenly looks a mess. So definitely there's a spectrum for people's tolerance levels. All right. Just like you talked about the desk, Einstein's desk, that would drive me crazy. Right. <laughs> for him, it was perfectly comforting, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He probably knew where everything was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. And so for me, it's like, I would say the spectrum, if there is a spectrum, I would say it would be anything from like a minimum, like a junk drawer. And the extreme other end of that would be um, hoarding, like extreme hoarding. Right. Yeah. That's what I would think. And so how, how would you, did you already talk about how would you know um, where you are on a spe on the spectrum? I think it depends on how you feel. So you really have to check in with how you're feeling. If you are walking into a space, you know, I think even hoarders who say like they're comfortable, they know deep down that they're not. Mm -hmm. So if they walk into a space and they know that their health is impacted, that other people cannot join them in their space that they want, that they can't find the things that they need, that they generally feel like a sadness associated with their space, then you are on a spectrum of like, you need to do something. Mm -hmm. If you walk into a space and you're just a little annoyed, you need to do something, but it's not an emergency. So that's how you know where you are on the spectrum. If you're just like really feeling depressed about your space, then you're probably more on the extreme side and need to do something. But that's how I would determine where I was on the spectrum. Mm -hmm, I agree. Can we talk about, are you open to sharing like what's cluttering you? Yes, I have three issues with clutter in my home. Um, the first centers around the whirlwind of being an artist. I have lots of materials. I'm looking at them right now in the corner over here. <laughs> Everything from fabric to glue to tape color pencils, markers, paintbrushes. Um, and when I have an idea for something, I just grab all that stuff and start working in a frenzy. And then I don't put it away because I move on to the next thing. Mm. And so it's not surprising to find a paintbrush in the bathroom, a glue stick in the bed, like <laughs> it's just all over the place. And so I have to take the time to like put all those things away. But when I get into creative flow it's kind of like the world drops away and I'm just working and so I don't even recognize that I'm moving around my whole space with my tools and throwing wow. them everywhere fascinating yeah um fascinating. and so do you think that if you stopped to take the time to put things back where they belong that it would break that flow is that why you do it that way I think so because I get the next idea and then I just move right into it and so, you know, eventually the flow stops and usually I'm exhausted and I'm like, I will take care of this tomorrow. And then that day never comes right. um, or it comes really slowly. Um, it's not 
you know, hoarder levels, I have to be careful. I have a dog, so I can't leave stuff on the floor. I have to make sure things like glues and things that are really toxic are put away. And I do that, but things that aren't um, do end up on tables and surfaces and things and will stay there for a while. And I will look at it and be like, I really need to pick that up and then move on (laughs) with my day without doing it. Right. Now, is that clutter? Would you consider that clutter? Is that just like organized disorganization? I think that one is disorganization because I love all of those things and I use them. Mm -hmm. Um, Clutter to me is when you are keeping things that you don't need. Like my other issue is that I'm a paper hoarder and I don't mean papers for art. I mean, if I get mail, I will open it, read it and put it in my little mail basket. And then I will say, I'll get rid of it. I'll take it to the trash or maybe I need to read that again at some point. And the next thing I know, I have big piles of paper. Colin, my husband does the exact same thing. He is also a paper hoarder. And then what ends up happening is we'll put them into a bag because it's like, we need to go back through this. I don't remember what's in this because we might have things to shred. And then we don't get rid of that. So now we have like five or six bags of paper. And that has always been our lifestyle. We've always had this issue. And I don't know what the root of that is. I don't know like why I can't just get rid of the paper as soon as I look at it. I think there's a fear that it will be important. Mm -hmm. Even dumb stuff like an ad with a coupon. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll use this. Maybe there's something and it never happens. And like, when is the last, I mean, realistically, really, when is the last time you actually used a coupon? Uh, I don't, I, none, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah. Right. I, think we, I think we grew up watching our parents do that. Like everything was important. We were taught to save it, especially like bills and like you said, mailers that come. And back in those days, people were actually using the coupon. So, right. That was, may have been relevant then, but today, no. No, and yeah. I have the exact same problem. And the thing with mine was that I didn't have a paper shredder. So um, things that were important that could have been trashed were just held on to, held on to, held on to. Right. Until I decided to do something different because, again, it's it's too much of a burden. It was too much of a burden for me to, to even think about. Yeah, what? that's my biggest burden right now. It's like right. I literally have the pile of bags behind me. And I see them and it's like, today I'm going to shred and I just never get to it. And I I grew up in a family like that, where it was like, if you throw this away, that's like my third big issue is like, if you throw this away, then you're wasting something that works. So like, honestly, my family, if, if they had a tape player, like remember cassette tapes, Mm -hmm. they would be like, well, it still works, so you can't get rid of it. But nobody listens to cassette tapes anymore. Right. And they would say, like, well, I have three cassette tapes. And it's like, do you listen to them? It's like, no, but they work. Like, they go in the machine, so I cannot get rid of the tapes or the machine because they work. And that used to frustrate me as a kid, but now I find myself doing similar things. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. It used to frustrate me to no end when I was a kid, a teen. I'd be like, please let me just throw this away. Right. And now I'm here like, well, this Bluetooth thing I don't use anymore. 
still works. What if I decide I'm going to use it? Maybe I'll just hang on to it for a little while and see. And then I forget about it. And then I run into it again. And I have the same conversation. Mm, right, right, right. So how in, in, the, in the most ideal world, how would you handle that? In an ideal world, I would make time to gather those things and find people who would want them right. or donate them. Right. Like you could take it to a vintage store, the two cassette tapes and the tape players. There are people who actually love those kinds of things. Right. Yeah. I have to tell my family that. But yeah, for me, like my mom, I love her. I know she's probably listening. Hi, mom. Every Christmas, she gets me a Bluetooth something. Hmm. And I don't know what to do with all of these things. So she'll get me water bottles that also have Bluetooth speakers on them. Cups that have Bluetooth speakers on them. Anything. It's always something that has some connectivity to it. And it sounds like a cool idea, but I really don't walk around listening to music out loud, holding my water bottle. Right, right. right? She right. loves little gadgets like that. Um, visors with flashlights on them. And yeah, I mean, they're all fun things, but I amass a pile of them. Got it. And so I'm like, who wants this special onion chopper with a light on it? And who wants this? Probably an older person. Vibrating pillow thing that plays music and glows in the dark. Like, <laughs> I will say your mom is, she's very thoughtful. She I is. Her gift is very mindful of like fun too, fun stuff. Yeah. 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 I think she just sees things and goes, that's weird. I'm going to get that for Ashley. And it just happens too often. <laughs> and so um, my apartment ends up looking like a weird Brookstone. Remember Brookstone? Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. that store. You know, as a matter of fact, I used to get my grandmother gifts from there every Christmas. And now that you're talking, she probably didn't like them either. Very right. Much. Think about it. How useful are they? Just because something is interesting. Right. Doesn't mean you'll make a lot of use out of it. Right. So it's like, it sounds like a good idea, <laughs> but. Rethink that. I got yeah. it. So I think we share um, similar issues in terms of clutter, but my thing is because, you know, I work in the kitchen, I have the, the just in case clutter. So mm. like. You know, I have to have two of everything because what if one breaks? And then it's like, uh, I have to have four of certain things. And before you know it, especially in the kitchen with gadgets, right? those pile up really quickly, really quickly. So I have to be very mindful of, and then throwing it away. It's like, oh my God, I can't do that. I mean, it literally have to be on its last leg to go in the garbage. Yeah. So that's, that's basically where my clutter exists. And then also with things like cute journals, don't give me a journal. Like I'm going to keep it forever. I will fill it from the first page <laughs> to the last page. And even if it's just like grocery lists, I'm going to keep it forever, especially if it has like a cute cover. So I collect those and also notepads and pens and things like that. And um, I don't ever want to put them in the drawer because then if I put them in the drawer, I'm never going to use them again. Right. Well, I have it sitting out on my desk. And then if I like move to the move this way and I bump into something, it's like, oh God. So that's stressful. <laughs> I can't get rid of it. Yeah. 
So that is, yeah, that's where my clutter issue. Stationary is a hard one because there's so many cute things and you're like, oh, I want this pen. I like this. And yeah, it's easy to collect that stuff. I have a lot of notebooks as well. Um, and I don't even always fill them because mm. another one will be shiny and I'll grab that one. I'll be like, ooh, I like this notebook. I'm gonna start working in this one. And right, <laughs> done right. sketchbooks. Yeah, making sure that you finish one before getting the next one and all of that. Um, what do you think would help with the, I think the kitchen one is kind of difficult because it is your trade. Right. Um, maybe only having two of everything instead of three or more or investing in there's now more tools that do multiple things than there ever have been. Right. Let me start researching that a little bit or just know that that's the thing you're going to have a lot of, but the other right. stuff needs to go so that right. you have space for it. Right. That's pretty much it. I mean, quite literally, you don't need as many tools in the kitchen as you think you do. Right. So it's just a matter of not buying any more things, like waiting yeah. until something actually breaks and then, you know, getting a new one. Yeah. Right. Right. But also, I mean, it would be foolish for me not to have a spare, but I don't need like six spares. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, so it's, and I know it's fun too, kitchen gadgets gadgets that come out you're like oh I want that I want to try that right right so what is the impact of clutter I mean the first thing that comes to mind for me is like cluttered space equals a cluttered mind I think you talked about it a little bit earlier um and I don't know it can start from either end you could have a cluttered mind and just cope filling your space as a coping mechanism or vice versa so that's uh for me that's what the initial impact is and for me, it's like, I find it hard to concentrate when I'm, you know, confined by my stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, for me, clutter can be used as an excuse not to move forward. And I think a lot of other people use it as an excuse as well. So for example, you tell your friends you're organizing, so you can't go do anything with them. <laughs> and then they go off and you go home to organize and you don't do it. Mm -hmm. And so you're using the clutter really to stay safe and at home. Mm. Um, so it becomes a barrier to you and having things around you that you love is inspiring, but having things that just take up space for the sake of taking up space are just going to keep you stuck. Right. You'll use it as an excuse. Like I can't paint over here because there's clutter. Mm-hmm. What you're really doing is going like, I don't, I'm not ready yet, or I feel afraid to pursue something I like. Right. And so I have a good excuse by having that clutter there. So clutter keeps you in your comfort zone is basically what you're saying. Right. It's a shield that I think for a lot of people, it might be subconscious. You might think to yourself, I don't do that. It's not like I purposely put boxes of things in front of the door so that I can't leave. But right. if you really think about it, that might be something that you're doing. Hmm. Because what is your clutter costing you is mm -hmm. the question that you need to ask yourself. That's a great question. And a lot of times it could be peace because if you look at it and it stresses you out, that's disturbing your peace. Right. Wow. 
Okay, we talked about clutter versus disorganization. Can we talk about your bookshelves? Because I think when we did our live stream, we kind of touched upon that. No, I'm serious because I was thinking about it. It's what is the difference? Because when I look at your when I looked at your bookshelf, I didn't see it as cluttered, but why would you perceive it as cluttered? Well, you know, I actually have thought about that. And when it's on the shelf, I feel like it's not clutter. But sometimes those books migrate off the shelves and get everywhere. Um, and so really it's disorganization. I think you're right that it's just, my books for me are not clutter because I actually do read them, flip through them. They bring me joy to see. And so I need to just be much more organized with them. And mm -hmm. so that's something I need to work with. But if you're somebody like me that has a bookshelf full of books, we had somebody at the, on the live saying that they have the same issue. If they're books that you're not going to be reading, if they're books that you just have had over the years and you haven't like gone through them, then it's clutter. Mm. Oh, the knickknacks, if they're not stuff that's special to you, it's clutter. I agree. And so really I think is what everyone needs. And I think I need as well is being a better curator of my stuff. That is a perfect, perfect, perfect idea. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, um, I mean, libraries and homes make you a more interesting person. I remember, I'm going to my grandparents' house and just sitting, when I would be there, I would just sit there and just stare at their books. And it wasn't a large bookshelf, but they had so, I mean, I never thought, it just made them more fascinating to me to see the kinds of books that they had on there. Like my grandfather had the Quran. Wow. Exactly. And he was like a Christian man. And I thought that's interesting. So that just showed me like his level of intelligence and like his ability to, or his wanting to um, broaden his mind and expand his experiences although the only movie he ever saw was like the charlton heston i don't remember what it was called you know the movie it was like a religious movie the ten commandments that's the one i asked <laughs> him one day he said that's the only movie i've ever gone to the movie theater to see oh my goodness exactly um that movie sidebar um that movie is so ridiculous and i love it if you are somebody who's not religious still see it it is so kitschy it melodramatic. The sets are amazing. Vincent Price is in it. Um, Yul Brenner is in it. it just <laughs> it's really long, but like that would probably explain why never is that. just um just wonderful. So <laughs> definitely check it out if you haven't. You're you're like I'm not religious. I don't want to watch. It. I mean, it's worth it just for that. The costumes. Oh my gosh. So anyway. <laughs> I have a special place in my heart for that movie. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of my grandmother had this statue or she still has it in front of her fireplace, little wooden statue. And I thought it was Moses. It was like this man with a hood and long beard and all my life. And we were moving stuff around in her place. And I was like, what do you want me to do with your Moses statue? And she was like, I don't have a Moses statue. And so I brought it to her and I was like, this guy, this guy that's been in front of the fireplace my whole life. And she was like, that's Hare Krishna. Oh, interesting. And I was like, what? And she's like, oh yeah, Hare Krishna. And I was like, do you, are you, 
do you practice? She was like, no, in the 60s, it was very popular to buy a Hare Krishna statue. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but that just shocked me. I was like, okay. It just opened up a whole new like world because she was like, yeah, in the 60s, your grandfather and I started like reading up on all these unusual things and different religions and ideas and start collecting a few objects. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> fascinating so yeah so that's one thing like figure out what it is clutter versus disorganization and then just roll with that but yeah your bookshelves you have a library an extensive library and to me it's like as long as it's things that you find useful and that you love and can enjoy they can stay yeah but how do you get rid of books like how do you decide what you're going to get rid of well when I am getting rid of books and I've done this multiple times gotten rid of hundreds of books even though I have hundreds of books I've gotten rid of hundreds of books as well um what Colin and I do is sit around and ask ourselves if we've read this book already do we want to read it again and if the answer is no I'm probably not going to flip through this or use it for reference or anything like that then we put that in a donation pile and like libraries used bookstores and even your neighbors um we're thinking about doing one of those little free libraries outside of our apartment. That's nice. Because, you know, sharing is caring. Is. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Um, books that we got and thought we were going to read and look at it now. It's like, I'm, I'm not really going to read that. We donate those. And sometimes also books we really love. So if it's a book that we really, really love and we want other people to read it, we will mail them the book especially if there's people that we think would like it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always offering books. My apartment that I had before this, we didn't have bookshelves. So we had books lining all of our walls in stacks of about five high. So every single wall had books on it mm. throughout the whole place. And it looked really cool. And people would come and hang out with us and end up sitting on the floor and just looking through books. That's nice. And oftentimes they would be holding a book a long time and I would know they're really interested and I go, you can take that. And it mm -hmm. feels good for them to leave my house with like a prize, if you will, <laughs> like a tree right, right. and to see their light, their face light up and go, oh, cool. Thank you. There's no greater gift than a good book. I had a great aunt who collected Harlequin romance novels. <laughs> And she had a whole room for, full of them. And I, she was always saying, why don't you take one of these home? And I would be like, oh, cool. And my mom would take it away from me. <laughs> She's like, you're too young for this. <laughs> I think, didn't, I think when I was a kid, didn't they sell those in the grocery store? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think she just, every time she went and got groceries, she'd get a couple and read them. And she had them in order all around her bedroom. She had these low bookshelves, beautiful built-in low bookshelves that in fact, her room was almost circular. And so they went around in a curve. It was really nice. And um, they were all no other types of books. It was like that. And then they had like several Bibles and that was it. That is interesting. And that's all she read. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, let's see. For me, uh, clutter versus disorganization. We we're just talking about it's all in your setup. So we just talked about books and how you how you set them up. So yeah. 
or you know like if as long as there's not like a lot of cluttered things like knickknacks and photo frames and things that don't match the environment like let's say you have a scarf right yourself yeah but still that's again that's still to me disorganization so we're we're gonna have to further explore this idea of what clutter actually means and what it is but what do you think about minimalism and essentialism how does this all fit into this well I know that there's a big appeal to minimalism Mm -hmm. but I think minimalism has been co-opted by media and so now it's an aesthetic that is like very plain and only having what you need Mm -hmm. um minimalism is living with the bare minimum of what Mm. you can do and and need to get through your day and essentialism is living with what you deem essential for your lifestyle and so i think that i'm much more pro-essentialism i think that you determine what you need, not other people and their aesthetics. So um, for me, I need these books to keep me inspired that when I wake up in the morning and I see them, it brings me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. A minimalist might say, you know, you don't need any of these. You can always check them out of the library, which I use the library a lot. Um right. But you can check them out. You can borrow them from front. You don't need to have them in your space at all. It's not a need. And so I think I'm more of I'm more on the essentialist side of things, where it's like I determine what is essential for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love maximalism, which is an art and design aesthetic where more is more. And so it's a concept where a room full of books and treasures and overlapping patterns and shapes is part of your design. Right. And I really love that. I can't live a beige on beige life. It's just right. not me. Right. Um, so I think I'm a maximalist essentialist. I like fun decorative things, but I don't need a room full of papers. Right. <laughs> I don't need all that other kind of mess. Right. I could do. So I went down the rabbit hole once I got the decluttering thing and, you know, pretty much handled I started exploring the idea of minimalism. And the one thing that really gave me pause, but I, first of all, I fell in love with the idea of less is more. That's great. Mm-hmm. But as you said, as I, from video to video to video on the YouTube, from video to video, that's what I noticed. Like, where's the art on the wall? Like, right. Where, where, where is the personality of the people? The sterile environment, it was just, it wouldn't, that that's not going to work for me. So I can still do as long as it's not cluttered, I don't know that I can do maximalism. I'll have to look into that more. Yeah, a lot of people can. I am big on like, I mix patterns and what is tacky to some might be beautiful to me. So right, right, right. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't mind that. But when you say maximalism, all I hear is like, all I can visual is like, it's like a lot of stuff in one room, like right, everything, like every, you know, space in the floor is covered. I don't care right. about the, like the walls go, go wild. Like you can, right. have, like I'm, I love that. As yeah. A, yeah. But when I hear maximalism, it's like, that sounds like that's too much. And it might be for you, you know, and that's why I really like, because you've introduced me to this idea of essentialism and I, and I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure that 
I have it correct. So if any of our listeners understand this better, definitely let me let us know. Mm -hmm. But I like the idea of you determining what's essential to you. So for me, I like having stuff also on surfaces and things. I like little curated um, vignettes, if you will, of items. And for someone else, that could be just really distracting. Right. And so it's like, what makes you comfortable in your space? And I also think, would you invite someone into your space? I think that's important. Right. Even if you're an introvert, like if you, if your feeling is embarrassment, if someone comes into your space, that's a good indicator that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so you might not have me into your apartment if you have stuff on the table, right. but I might have you because I'm proud of the stuff on the table I've curated. Right. And so we both have different things, but we're both proud of those things. And we're both comfortable with people coming into our homes. Right. So that's why I think it's being essential instead of ne not necessarily the least things. Right. Or minimalism is... Um, and minimalism has been co-opted. It doesn't have to be black and white and no art on the walls. Right. But I think that people online have taken that really, really far. Right. Which is human nature to take. Right. It to and right. it's hard for me to imagine that they're happy with like a bed on the floor. I mean, I've seen some of these YouTube videos. I love um, home decor YouTube videos and architecture and all that kind of stuff. So I'll go down rabbit holes. And... I've seen minimalism videos where they're just like, you know, there's a bed on the floor, black and white sheets, a desk, white desk, white room, and maybe one black and white photo on the wall. And mm. that's their bedroom. Mm. And I guess that's pretty for someone once in a while, but I could not, I would just be like, that's a prison to me. Right, right. Because where's the warmth? Well, I mean, you know, I would be concerned about the warmth. Like when I invite people over, it has to be warm and inviting and, you know, I want them to feel welcome and at ease and comfortable in my space. Right. And that would just, I don't know. I would wonder like, what's, yeah. going, what's going on in here. You know, yeah. No here? shame to anybody who does that. No, absolutely not. If because you sometimes do people that, need it. Yeah. Maybe that is really and truly what you need. And again, that goes back to our essentialism kind of idea. Like it's essential for you to have those few amount of things right because for some people it might bring them peace of mind well we've had a lot to say about clutter but there's still so much to cover when it comes to making more space in our lives join us in the next episode for part two of this discussion we'll be talking about consumerism how companies convince us that we need more stuff and have some tips on how to dig out from the mess when things get out of hand. Until then, we hope you've enjoyed our show. Uh, if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our future episodes. Consider leaving us a rating in your favorite podcast app. If you have questions or suggestions for future episodes, email us at makingsapodcast at gmail.com. That's makingsapodcast at gmail.com.